Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. A mover and shaker in the Irish startup ecosystem, DC Cal Lane has drank the Kool-Aid, walked the miles and wears the t-shirt. What he doesn't know about Irish startups isn't worth knowing. Part of the TrustDev growth story, he established Republic of Work in Cork and today leads Dogpatch Labs' latest First Friday partnership series with Google, HubSpot, Microsoft and Salesforce. He talks about the future of the ecosystem and what we need to do to help Irish startups to flourish. I'm joined here today by DC Kathleen. If you consider yourself part of the startup ecosystem in Ireland, if you don't know DC Kathleen, you are lying because DC is just everywhere. And DC, great to have you. Um, the, the DC's been in the news in the last few weeks because basically uh, he's he's pushing the first Friday's uh, agenda for Dogpatch Labs, but also he's recruited the likes of Microsoft, HubSpot, Salesforce aboard to basically help drive and, and I suppose unlock all those those expertise. And just before we began, we were talking about HubSpot, for example. And I, in my mind, HubSpot's pretty much written the book for any company, whether it's a traditional company or a startup that just wants to scale. So you're very welcome, DC. Welcome. Thanks, John. Looking forward to chatting to you. Yeah. So tell, tell us, I mean, what I'd like to do is kind of go back in history a bit because... I would have known you as long as I had a Twitter account. My Twitter account goes back to probably 2007 and I, I feel I've underused my Twitter to some degree at times, but and other facts, but you've always been there. And um, I always saw the DC kind of look like Marvel to me, you know, like DC Comics. So, you know, your branding was always there. Um, but tell me a bit about yourself and, and what brought you into the startup world because our roads kind of crossed really when you were with Trustev, but... Tell, tell us where it all began in terms of like what brought you on on the road you're on. Well, well, obviously, uh, as as required by law, we're a couple of minutes into the conversation, so I'm required to tell you that I'm a Cork man because, I, as we all know, that's what all Cork people do. Um, so, look, I mean, I'm, I originally I grew up in West Cork and went to University College Cork, did computer science and economics, headed to Dublin. Actually, what a lot of people don't know is I spent um, I spent six or seven years in Dublin working in. Uh, corporate event management. Um, so actually, my first exposure to technology companies was actually in organizing conferences for Microsoft. Like my two big clients would have been Microsoft and also uh, ESAT Digiphone, Dennis O'Brien's empire at the time and O2. So we would have ran all their conferences and all that. So like that, that's where I guess, you know, I grew up as a kind of a, a, a techie, loving computers and consoles and all that. I got the opportunity to work with multinationals in that space. I then went from I went from kind of event management and all that into things like hotels and hotel corporate development and that sort of stuff. And really, honestly, where I got back into uh, the technology industry and where my background is like I've no formal marketing training, um, but I but when I was working in events, I got that love for launches, publicity, branding, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and literally it was, it was when, uh, I met a Cork man called Pat Phelan, who was starting this little company called Trustif. Um, and like what I always remember about it was, was that I was trying to decide whether or not to work for this guy. Cause I was like hugely impressed, but he was kind of saying to me, I'll give you a hundred quid a week. You know, we're only getting started here type stuff. <laughs> and I just, I remember actually, you know, back in the old days when the web summit was still in Dublin inside in the RDS and I remember literally standing with Pat, having a, a cheap cup of coffee in one of the aisles in the RDS. And I was thinking, will I, will, like, will, I, will I pack it in now and go and work for this fella? And like in the two or three minutes we were standing there, literally there was guys like, I remember Robert Scoble, you know, a big Silicon Valley head. Uh, he walked past and, hiya, Pat, how are you doing? 
Liam Casey from PCH came over. Hiya, Patton's charting away. Michael Acton Smith, who at the time was running Moshi Monsters and now is the, the CEO and founder of Calm, the, the meditation app. Like, in the five minutes we were standing there, you know, half of the tech gentry of Europe had walked past and signaled Pat in some way. So I thought, I'm going to go work for this guy, you know? Was that, was that, was that the same year he brought a trainload of Cork entrepreneurs up? That was the year afterwards. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first, uh, that was our, we, we actually saw, so, I mean, that was actually, that was, I think, November of that year and Trustif had just gotten started and we kept it all very quiet for about six months and literally by, but the following year at the Web Summit, you know, 12, so 12 months after we started, we announced a $3.2 million raise from Trustif, which at the time was the largest seed raise in European history. And yeah, to commit to, because we wanted to have a large court presence in the building, we put 400 people on a train that actually uh, Trustif, um, <laughs> Liam Casey and PCH and Dan Coyley actually in Boxborough paid for the train. Microsoft gave us brand, bright red hoodies for everybody. And actually what was unusual is we left Kent Station in Cork and instead of dumping Cork people in Houston, as always happens when we hit the big smoke, the train actually continued on under the Phoenix Park, the Connolly Station, and brought us all the way right out to the, the RDS train station. And we, yeah, we, we, I apologize again, you know, whatever, eight years on for the 400 Cork people in red hoodies. At least we made them easy to identify for everybody else at the Web Summit that year. <laughs> That's a wonderful story. Yeah. But the thing as well, I mean, well, I always think about the trust of days because um, I remember when Pat was with um, Cubic and Max Rome and my fa- one of my favourite memories, and I've told him as much, is bumping into him at, say, Mobile World Congress and he was literally on fire. He was selling selling left, right and centre. He's just loving, loving, loving what he was doing. But I remember, I, I, I've kind of vignettes of memories of yourself, Chris Kennedy and Pat at, thing, at things like, Mob- sorry, uh, South by Southwest in, in, in Austin, Texas, winning awards and like I wasn't there I was looking at I was writing about this back in Silicon Republic but the the, the amazing thing was that it was a great energy but it was kind of it what I liked about it well it was a kind of a build it yourself or a DIY mentality to what it seems like you guys put it together but it was being built as you were selling it definitely I mean I mean there was there was definitely that I mean look you, it sounds ridiculous because I mean obviously it was only it was only what seven eight nine years ago maybe ten years ago tops but I mean, the, the startup ecosystem was a very, very different place. Like it was, it was obviously much more smaller and compact, which had its advantages. Everybody kind of knew everybody else. Um, but there definitely wasn't, you know what I mean, in terms of resources and supports and stuff like that. It was, a, it was a very, very different world. You know, there were no American investors kind of coming, coming near the place. I mean, we were, like, I remember when, when Trustif announced its fundraising round, one of the very unusual things is, you know, we had five VCs um, and, you know, one of, like one of those, Greycroft in New York, you know, that was a, that was a big deal that a, an American, and actually Gre- Greycroft have continued on and pretty much, I think everything Pat has ever done, Greycroft have backed in some way um, right down to CSU and everything else. But I mean, it, 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 you know, the ecosystem has come on an awful, awful lot, but it was, it was very scrappy. And, and, you know, I remember even going back to South by Southwest, I, I went to, few years in a row there whether it was for Trustif and then when when I moved on from Trustif and ended up in teamwork like it was it was a key thing because that was you know you could afford to go to South by Southwest because thanks to you know Enterprise Ireland used to help you you used to let the pay but they they I remember the big thing Enterprise Ireland used to do is they used to block book hotel rooms and that seems like a small thing but 
you know, for South by Southwest, when you're when you're, when they're looking when you're looking at six hundred quid a night for a room, otherwise, wow. it is great to have those um to have that thing. And and I honestly think like when when you talk about Green Jersey and Team Ireland, like the work that it, the IDA and Enterprise Ireland did mm. at things like South by Southwest, were just were just incredible for the Irish ecosystem in terms of kind of showing how much Ireland was behind its startups. And now now you look actually, I look now. And I look at, you know, when I interact with people in, in the idea and Enterprise Ireland, and a lot of the people who are now rising to senior ranks in there are the people who were kind of organising the pub crawls in South by Southwest <laughs> all those many years ago, you know. But what I love about, I mean, uh, the, the interesting thing was just, it was running through my mind there was also, you talk about Enterprise Ireland doing great things for the tech system and all that, but like Cork, Cork as a place has done so much. Okay, look, you look at the history of Apple in Cork since 1980. Like, it was a startup when it came to Cork. It was only like three or four years old and had to prove itself. And it was still, and it's still there. And it's six or 7,000 people there now. But you've got so many great companies. You mentioned teamwork. And what I like, always liked about the Cork Entrepreneurial Set is just how effusive you guys are. Um, you know, you, you're very visible on Twitter, but you, you, you know, you, you're vocal about how you feel about things. Tell us about Cork as a place. Like, for, for, I mean, it means a lot to you. you. You created Republic of Work and you're still based in Cork and, you know, passionate about Cork. And, you know, you see things like uh, see companies like Teamwork and many others. I mean, I don't think there's a week or two that goes by without some company from Cork getting funded. I mean, look, there's a, re- there's a reason why it's the Rebel County. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it's... Um... It, it it is a, of course a fascinating place, and I mean, as I said, having having grown up in West Cork and having gone to college in the city, like the honest truth, we always kind of say, you know, most people who are from Cork, you you might you might leave for a while, but I mean, you'll you'll come back. Like, and I mean, I, I think <laughs> Cork people it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I always think of the case of of, uh, of Liam Casey from PCH, you know you know, with huge operations in China, huge operations in San Francisco. Like, you're more likely to bump into him walking down the street in Blarney, you know, than you are anywhere else, you know. Um, I think in Cork, one of the things I, I always noticed is, you know, whether it was trust or teamwork or anything else, like we used to, you know, you'd get on the train and you'd go to Dublin to do your, to do your business, you know, uh, and that sort of stuff. But like you'd come back to Cork, like Cork to me was always a place where it was distraction free, you know, it was all about actually, you know, getting the work done, you mm. know, and, and, I think that's, you know, we've always had great enterprise software companies. You know, you're looking now at the lights of WorkVivo and Core HR and all those sort of companies as well. Like there is a, there is a tighter community here in some regards. And then in some regards, you know, there's also like, like the very fact we have two universities, but obviously because, because Cork is a much smaller place, everything is much tighter. So, mm-hmm. you know, things like places like Republic of Work, they're much, they're much more at the core of the innovation ecosystem in Cork than when you go to Dublin, you know, there's amazing things going on there, but you kind of, you know, you can kind of go up and there's a whole great amount of stuff going on in DCU. And then you go out to UCD and there's great stuff going on. You come into Trinity, get Guinness Innovation. Like, I think the great thing in Cork is that like, we're, we're just that perfect size where we're big enough to be able to kind of do cool stuff and have resources we're not so big that it's getting very fractured out around the place. And, and the creation of Republic of Work, because, I mean, before that, I mean, like Dublin had things like um, Silicon Docs and had the, you know, Digital Hub and, you know, I don't know what the future for the Digital Hub is after all this, but there's great things happening in the GEC. Um, but the creation of the Republic of Work, was that a kind of recognition that you needed a focal point? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it was mainly that I'd probably seen that Paddy Walsh had a, had a good idea in Dogpatch Labs and that I should really, like most good Cork people, I should really copy it. No, I mean, I mean, my, my, my thing was really, to be honest with you, was, you know, I, I was very involved, obviously. I used to run a series of startup events in Cork called Built in Cork and stuff. Mm. And like that used to be once a month. And yet people used to get huge value out of it. And, and really the idea behind Republic Work was, you know what, if, if we had people working side by side every day, they would learn a lot more from each other. And I mean, I think that's, that's the principle of any ecosystem, which is like the more, you know, every startup that starts, there are, the product is different in some way, but actually an awful lot of how they sell, how they market, how they hire talent, how they raise money, all that stuff is pretty much identical, you know, that, that kind of core foundation. And the one thing I've always noticed is like that, that is a very different type of foundation than say a traditional business, you know? So you, you look at say a lot of government supports that are available for traditional SMEs, you know, a lot of those supports maybe won't be relevant for, like the, the big one I always think is, you know, when you think of traditional SMEs, it's like, well, you know, your valuation would be based on how much money you were selling. And then you look at a company, say, that has negative revenues, like a technology startup, and somehow they're getting a, a valuation here. So I, I think the one thing, the one thing I tried to do with Republic of Work and that I always try to do with anything ecosystem related is trying to get people to understand the difference between these kind of traditional SMEs where, where Ireland has built some incredible businesses in and these kind of innovation-driven enterprises that are our technology startups, and that there is there is a very substantive difference between the two. And I think sometimes maybe we don't acknowledge that difference. And, and the idea behind kind of, you know, what we try to do in ecosystem efforts is try to make sure that the right knowledge and the right resources is being applied, you know, at the right point in time. Interesting thing as well, like when you talk about the right moment in time. Look, Ireland has benefited so much from multinationals over the years. I had I, I, I was delighted when I saw it was Google, HubSpot, Microsoft, and Salesforce because at various points in my career I've met the founders of each of them. You know, at some points. So Mark Benioff was in Dublin once, long before Salesforce really grew in Dublin. The you know the founders of HubSpot on numerous occasions, Brian Halligan and uh, and Damesh. And the the interesting thing about them is they were all startups at some point. And each of them is like, I mean, when I think about HubSpot, they've got such a, I mean, HubSpot has pretty much written the book of how to scale, if you know, whether it's anything from a marketing plan to a business, you, if you, you bet you bet it. Uh, what, what I like about it, the, the first Friday's ecosystem and what you're trying to do with, with, with Dogpatch, tell, tell us about how that came about. It all, it all kind of kicked off with a conversation that I had with, with Paddy Walsh. Mo- most things do, don't they? With Paddy Walsh, most things do kick off with a conversation about something. And the next thing you know, he's built a whole new wing to his building or something happens. He's a guy who is incredibly uh, both both like passionate about startup, but also, you know, like people, many people don't know. Paddy also sits on like the National Competitiveness Council. So, I mean, <laughs> in terms of like a man who wears the green jersey for Ireland, like there you go. Um, and I guess for me, for me, you know, I had spent all these years working, as I say, when I'm working in startups and then through Republic of Work, I was working with startups. And now through the work I'm doing with, with Patrick and the guys in Dogpatches, I get to work on the environment for startups. And like, mm-hmm. as you said, we've seen this kind of mad acceleration over the last couple of years where now, you know, we have six unicorn companies, but you're looking at Wayflyer, the most recent of those <clears throat> you know, is only kind of just over two and a half, nearly coming on three years old. So the, the thought that you can build a billion dollar valued company from <laughs> Ireland in three years, like 
if if we had been discussing that ten years ago in the trust days, one of us would have been uh, accused of uh, of being slightly mad. But I think I think you know now now we are getting to that point where if we want to if we want to turn this into if we want to make this sustainable, like if we want to stop these being outlier cases. And if we want to start seeing, you know, you'll have reported over the years, John, many, I remember many times in particular reporting on the idea of, you know, Irish founders selling out too early. You know, mm. we, we, our success stories, the first acquisition offer that came out would be taken because it would create liquidity for nervous investors and, you know, founders who wanted to buy a nice house. And I think the, the reality of it all is that um, now we're seeing this ecosystem start to come together where 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 we could we could create you know an awful lot more talent and and you know in a world where kind of 12.5% tax rate for fdi is kind of going away the question becomes well you know that was a bet that ireland made you know 30 mm. years ago like is it time for ireland to make a bet on its in, indigenous companies so like what we're trying to do with dog patches we're trying to look at the different elements within an ecosystem and kind of, you know, how, how do we kind of, how do we level them up? So like in the last couple of years, we've seen a massive leveling up of the kind of investor landscape, both in terms of money available in Ireland and money overseas. Um, but the one, the one area that we kind of looked at and we didn't see a lot of, we didn't see where the leveling up was going to happen naturally was we have the world's biggest and best technology companies when I say literally on our doorstep, in the case of Dogpatch, I mean figuratively and actually on the doorstep in terms of Grand Canal Tea. You've all these incredible Irish talent, people, Irish people working in them. You mm. have, I don't think people often appreciate the amount of Irish leadership that's mm. in these companies around the world in terms of senior positions. And the reality is, is all these people in these big FDI companies, like they, they're all, they all, all, all wear the green jersey. They all want to see indigenous Irish enterprise do well. So, we had a relate like that five first first Fridays for startups is not a, is not a new initiative. It started five years ago, mm. um, thanks to people like Paddy Flynn in Google coming together with with Patrick. Um, what we've done with it now is we've we've essentially rebooted it and opened up the doors to allow not just Google, but as you mentioned, Salesforce, HubSpot, Microsoft. We've we've uh, hopefully next week another two partners and and the invitation is open to all. But what we're trying to do is. We just think there's a natural thing of the people who work in these big multinational companies have a global view of things. Mm. And one of the things that Irish startups need is they need to have a bigger, more global picture of things. Like, you know, gone are the days where a Cork startup should be thinking that their first big expansion is we'll start, we'll, we'll go from Cork to Dublin. You know, it needs to be <clears> we'll <throat> go from this country to another country. So, I mean, if nothing else, I think connecting startups with the employees in these big multinationals hopefully will create a, a way for them to think bigger about stuff. Mm. And at the same time, you know, there's a massive amount of domain expertise in, as you've mentioned, marketing, sales, engineering, all these things. And I mean, now if we can, you know, if we can use the presence of, of the multinationals in Ireland as a driver for Indigenous Irish enterprise, like that's, again, another advantage that no that many other companies won't have. And I mean, right now, Europe is on fire when it comes to startups. You know, other countries, every country is trying to work out what its approach and what its strategy is. Some of them are just pouring money into it. 
I think in Ireland, we're, we're thinking a lot more strategically about mm. how do we stop this? You know, we don't want to create a bubble here. We're very good at creating bubbles in Ireland, as, as the housing market suggests. But what <laughs> we're trying to do here is try and build something that's sustainable so that in mm. 50 years time, well, you know, you'll probably have the inside track on cryogenics or something. So you'll probably <laughs> still be around in 50 years. But when the rest of us are gone, that the startups are be- are still going to be able to take advantage of of a of a very dynamic ecosystem here. Well, I, I think you hit on two things. Well, one thing particularly was thinking big, and I mentioned before we were talking, talking about like the likes of Web Summit, and you know, one thing they did do was they thought big. Every time it had to be next one had to be double the size of the last one. Uh, the guys in teamwork. One of my favorite memories of of those lads was uh, as soon as they were growing and growing at scale. Uh, the next thing well, I remember writing a the story there they actually planned to create their own Apple spaceship kind of HQ and I and I remember laughing at first when he said it and he looked at me and says what, what are you laughing at <laughs> why not and it was, it, was, it was that kind of like think big attitude and why not um, the other thing I'd say is this country needs to get over its snobbery around sales because if you learn anything about a company that grows, and I think one of the companies that uh, Intercom is a particular example is because their their whole success is built on customer success, which is all about you keep. It's easier to retain a customer than have to take on a new one. You know what I mean? So you keep your customer, and and I think in Ireland we need to kind of get over this idea that sales people who sell are, are you know somehow inferior. In America, it's completely different. Everyone's selling. Even Steve Jobs was selling from the get go. Um, so how do we how do we bottle that? I think. Like John, I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head there because, like, one of the things that that kind of constantly frustrates me is uh, my hometown again, Cork. You know, you, you we when we're you know, Cork Cork is a is an absolute global center of excellence for customer support. I mean, companies like uh, well, they, they used to be Boxford, now called Telus. Obviously, they announced three hundred jobs in Cork this week. Mm-hmm. You know. That company has been behind the global management of customer, true, Dan and Linda Kiley, you know, of Airbnb, Google, Peloton, like all these huge brands. You know, Apple have had 6,000 employees here in the city, you know, for, for you know, as you said, 30 going on, maybe 40 years at this stage. Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, somehow, you know, we're, we, you always hear the announcements about engineering jobs and you always hear the R&D announcements and stuff. But like, if you're an American company, looking at Europe, like your first thought is not, oh, I want to set up in Ireland and, and, and do engineering. Your first thought is, I want to unlock the European markets. So how do I do that? Mm. I build back office. And if you look at actually <clears throat> what's after happening because of these amazing companies, like you look, even lo- locally now in Dublin, you've seen things like people like Whoop, you know, the fitness band company, you know, another kind of superstar of the last couple of years, you know, them setting up TikTok, all these companies... But the thing is, because they've come and been so successful in building, you know, sales and back office and stuff, now they now that's connected them into talent. And now they're realizing, let's build engineering here. And then you, you, you know, probably one of the most significant ones of the last couple of years, obviously, was when Stripe kind of very publicly acknowledged mm. Dublin is an engineering base for them. It's not, you know, it's not, they're not here for tax. They're not here for this. Like when we, t- when I, like I've spent, you know, three solid months now talking to the senior leaders in, in our multinational community here in Ireland. And like, there was no conversation that ever mentioned 12 and percent tax. It was all about talent, talent, talent. Um, and, you know, you even, even I spoke last week to, to 
Stephen Kinslin, the guys in UL about the new immersive software engineering course, like that's going to be the top software engineering course probably in the world. And people doubt that now. But I mean, you have a software engineering course that's being developed with, you know, John and Patrick Collison, with the backing of, you know, Mark Andreessen, the founder of Netflix, or sorry, sorry the founder of Netscape. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can be very, very good at this stuff. But what it takes is it takes, I guess it takes, you know, more understanding of what exactly, you know, a startup ecosystem is. Because what you find right now is, you know, we work very closely with, with people like IDA mm-hmm. Ireland in particular, because actually, you know, I, I, I know from my Republic of Work days, anytime a multinational technology multinational company came to Cork for a look around, the IDA would usually bring them into Republic of Work for a look around. And the, the questions those, those CEOs and CFOs of companies were asking is, talk to us about the talent ecosystem here. What's going on with startups? Because the presence of a strong startup culture suggests smart, innovative people, suggests, you know, like it's a circular economy. People leave multinationals to do startups. Startups don't work out and some of them go work for multinationals. Like one, one feeds off the other. And I think with First Fridays now, the two big unlocks for me is one, we've unlocked them into the ecosystem. And two, we've unlocked that, that traditional Grand Canal, traditional Dublin tech ecosystem. We've unlocked that out into the rest of Ireland through what we're doing with you know the, the members of the Irish Tech Hub Network. So it doesn't matter now whether you're in Connemara or Waterford or Ballybunion, you, you know, you're getting the same access as if you were sitting in an apartment in Grand Canal Quay, you know? And, and that's, a, that's, I think, that bringing together and getting rid of notions like the Dublin ecosystem versus outside the pale, you know, that, that's going to be gone. And we're going to recognize that we have one Irish ecosystem and, and we're, we're going north to Belfast as well. So we're going one all-Ireland ecosystem where hopefully... You know, we can become, we can go from, I think, a ranking where something like 16th or 18th in the world for entrepreneurship. Like by the end of the decade, we will be in the top 10 if we start looking at this. Um, I, call it, I call it the entrepreneurial infrastructure. You know, we, we, we talk about laying down bridges. We fix, we fix uh, in Cork here, we're doing the Dunkettle roundabout at the moment. Like our entrepreneurial infrastructure in this country hasn't evolved much you know, while we've got Lewis's and we've got new trains and we've got this, the infrastructure that, that underlines entrepreneurship in Ireland hasn't changed a lot over the last 10 or 15 years. And we need to we need to make some tweaks to it. Well, with that, uh, I'd like to kind of paraphrase Sean Lamas and his a, a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and I'd like to think I'd like to think that the, hopefully the, the first Fridays will be the glue that will help keep that effusive nature going. Because when we talk when people get together they get to know each other ideas are shared and that's where we'll all gain so DC Calling, absolute honour as always and uh, listen best of luck with it thank you so much thanks John looking forward to having you talk about media at First Fridays in a couple of months time so that's a I'll be coming back to you on that ask it's a date <laughs> thanks guys 